Hollywood Hoop Dreams aren't only made from magic, they also come in the form of original podcasts from the Hoop Ball Network. So if you're the Lakers zooming out, are you tempted to bring back DeMarcus Cousins in the playoffs? And do you disrupt the dynamic at that point if he's healthy enough to play? Join Ethan, JC, and the thriving Lakers community around the world to talk about all things Lakers. The Lakers this season has come to expect of this team is consistent winning. That is something we have not been able to say since I've seen Andrew Bynum in a Lakers uniform. The show is available everywhere pods are found and you can follow the show on twitter at hoopballlakers the following is a hoop bowl presentation G'day guys, it is I, Lyle Swithinbank. Welcome back to another installment of the Pelican Scoop. We're back again. We're getting our episodes out pretty fast and furious the last week or so. We've, we've had real games, so we've had stuff to talk about. And I'm loving it. I hope you all have been staying safe as we've been talking about, looking after yourselves. Unfortunately, we're here with some, uh, some somber news again with the result from today's game. We took on the Clippers, game two of eight. We've now dropped two of them. This game, it appeared that we just didn't want to fire a shot. Tonight, we're going to have a chat about the game, the post-game press conferences between uh, Alvin Gentry, Drew Holiday, and Brendan Ingram. All of those guys had some uh, insights, I suppose, after the game and uh, and shed a bit of light into how the guys were feeling um, on the court and during the uh, the massive blowout to the Clippers. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Lyle Swithenbank, the show at HoopBallPels on Twitter. This is a hoop-ball.com presentation. So make sure you head over there and have a look at all the stuff we're doing over there. I'll start with our... Plugs, manscaped.com, head over there, get yourself a lawnmower 3.0, fantastic piece of machinery. Use the code HOOPBALL2020 on the end, HOOPBALL20. We'll get you 20% off and also free shipping. So make sure you go over there and get whatever you want. Um, That supports us and helps us grow and uh, yeah, we appreciate you for it. The other partner that we've got at HoopBall is mybookie.ag. Head over there, have a look, use the code HoopBall when you sign up. They'll give you a free $10 MLB futures bet as well as match your deposit a minimum of $25 um, and that'll match that 100%. So you basically get free money to go and bet on your sport. So that could be your basketball, it could be your your baseball, your soccer, whatever you want to get hold of, your AFL if you're that way inclined um, and you like a bit of the Aussie rules. But otherwise, make sure you head over to MyBookie and sign up and, uh, yeah, use the code HOOPBALL so that we know that you guys are using it. All right, enough of my plugs. We might as well get into brass tacks. Tip-off time was 6.30pm Eastern, which was Saturday night, uh, a few hours ago now. Uh, when that was played, we came out against the Clippers side that had lost to the Lakers in Game 1. Unfortunately, they came out with an absolute vengeance, and we were the team that was caught on the back foot. 
Paul George absolutely decimated us. He was hitting everything. I think he hit his first three threes. He was up with nine points at the end of the first quarter. And we had absolutely no answer for that guy. We were doubling every time he would catch the ball. He'd throw it up and it would go in um, from the three-point range. And it absolutely caught us off guard. We had no answer. They came out so hot. They were hitting every shot that they could. And we found ourselves in a hole very early. And we never really recovered. And I think having a look at the team and the starters, all of them looked a little bit shell-shocked when the barrage of threes and and points off turnovers again, something that Alvin Gentry had harped on, was again a factor. He had a perfect quote in his post-game, and I'll get into the post-games a little bit later on, but a quick one. Alvin said, we played against the Jazz last week, they were 30th in the league on causing turnovers. And yet again, we come out again and cannot take hold of the rock. And yet we give up all these points. I think we gave up 31 against them and and 19 the week before. So, or game before, sorry. But that is something that is going to keep absolutely killing us is that you're giving them easy points. Not taking care of the basketball, poor decision-making. It was rife in this game. And unfortunately, the guys did not fire a shot. No one really starred for our team. No one stepped up. The forced timeouts at times look like an ejection button, a pause button to stop the Clippers from just absolutely decimating us early. And they still did. So at the end of the first quarter, we ended up finishing 37-25 to 25 down. We could not stop them. At halftime, down by 32 points. 32. And there was moments in that first half where the guys looked like they weren't putting the effort in, like they didn't want to be there. And of course that happens when someone comes out and punches you straight in the mouth. You sit there stunned, but you have to respond. And unfortunately, it was like there was a lid on the basket and the guys just did not come back and and, and respond like I know that they can. And like we've seen them when they've been challenged previously. Come back, steady, get back into your offense, run a few surefire sets, but we just didn't. The Clippers admittedly switch everything. So to come up against a switching defense and not being able to exploit it is difficult. If we settle for bad shots or shots don't go in, all of a sudden you start forcing it. You start to be hero ball. And we saw a bit of that. You know, from three for the night, we shot nine of 30. They hit a franchise record 25 threes, and the last one came in the last eight seconds. 25 of 47. 47 three-point attempts to our 30. We can't give up that many, especially shots that they're comfortable in taking and that they're going to make. This percentage, you're going to shoot 53% from three for the whole game. That means that we're not putting enough pressure on those three-point attempts and if we are, they were still making it. And that made it very difficult. And then you drop your head. And, and if you're switching and, and you're working hard on those uh, closeouts, or you've, you've missed a rotation and the guy hits a three, you need to respond. You need to make it up at the other end. You cannot just lay down and let them come out. It was devastating. You know, free throws, bad again. 18 of 28, 64%. For the whole game. 
The Clippers not much better, 77%, but they had 27 of 35. Zubak was too big. He outmuscled favours a lot. Jackson Hayes as well was throwing around. Our rebounding, which has been an issue all year, was again at the forefront, and we were getting killed on the offensive glass. They cleaned up, and they put it back in, and even if we fouled Zubak, and if he didn't hit all his free throws, I think he was pretty average for the night, it was still these fouls that we had to be concerned with, and that was very difficult. Horrible to see. I mean, the, the main culprits with the turnovers, don't want to name and shame, but we will. You know, Drew had three, B.I. had four, Lonzo three, Zion had three, Jackson Hayes had three. Hart only had one. Reddick had one. And that and that was our turnovers. And all of a sudden, these guys are getting free runs at the basket because we haven't been able to take care of the ball. 18 turnovers to 10. Alvin Gentry summed it up perfectly. He said, 11, 12 turnovers, that's something you can manage. 18 against a team like that, what are you going to do? They're going to absolutely kill you. And we saw Reggie Jackson get up the court, easy layups. Paul George get up the court, easy layups. They were passing the ball quickly. Kawhi Leonard got away out the back a few times. And it's devastating to see when coming into all of these games, our guys were full of confidence. And we should have rebounded after a devastating loss to the Jazz last week, or the game before. And... Unfortunately, we, we just uh, we sort of gave it away and um, it was devastating to see as a Pelicans fan that these guys uh, got beaten the way that they did. I mean, the Clippers, all credit to them. They're a fantastic team. And I will not criticise the Clippers or try to say that we were outclassed. I think we're just as good as them um, at our very best. But they do have some tried and true players. You know, Paul George... Looked absolutely phenomenal. Kawhi Leonard was his normal self, you know, absolute beast. These guys are all-stars. This time last year, Paul George had just finished third in the MVP rankings. The guy's not bad at all. He's a good basketballer. Points off turnovers was another thing. 21 to 34. Clippers scored 34 points off our turnovers. That's 34 free points because we stuffed up. They didn't have to earn that. They just went and got him. That was more than what the final margin was. The final margin, 126 to 103. I'm proud of the guys that came out at the end in the... I suppose they, they call it garbage time, but I think it's just it's just blowout time. You bring your bench on, you preserve your starters. It's just good business. They clawed it back. You know, at some point we were down by 40 points. And... All credit to the young guys, Frank, Nikhil, Jackson Hayes. Uh, Kenny Hustle was there as well, played fantastic. Um, they came out and worked their absolute behinds off and dragged this back to something a little bit closer to respectable. 23 points in the end, we didn't deserve a margin of 23 points. We deserved a margin of 50 the way that we played for th- three and a half quarters of that game. So all credit to those guys, and I won't take away from them uh, because they they work their behinds off. We actually had a better field goal percentage than the Clippers for the whole game. We scored 44%. They were at 42. 
it really was the easy, back-breaking points off turnovers that derailed our game. And not being able to adjust to that and take care of the basketball and make good, solid decisions, that's what killed us. And I think with a young team, we can harp on about it, but they grow together, they'll get that rust out, they'll take care of the ball, that's something that they need to be sure of, stick together, don't let losses like this derail the rest of this presumption. We take Memphis on on Monday, we need to be ready for that. That is the biggest game so far. We can't afford to drop any more, and, and B.I. And, and Drew in their post-games said exactly that. They cannot afford to drop any more. We have to win the rest. Memphis luckily lost to Portland uh, in the first game. So for us, there's still a chance. But the problem is, is now Portland and the Spurs are ahead of us in terms of getting in. So we need to chase them both down, as well as Memphis, to be able to sneak into that eighth spot. Otherwise, we could do all the hard work, beat Memphis, and that just helps Portland jump in and, and we might as well just go home. Now, enough about ragging them all out. They they know what they've done. They know what they need to work on. No doubt the coaching staff, the leaders of the team will be getting in together. They'll all come together. They'll rebuild. They'll bounce back. We'll have a really good crack against Memphis. And fingers crossed we can get this resumption back on track. Two episodes ago, we talked about the teams and the games that were going to be difficult. We thought the Jazz, we thought the Clippers. They were the two that we were going to drop. If we come out six of eight, we're doing okay. We're doing more than okay. And we talked about this on Hoopball Grizz with David Williams. Uh, we, I was on there having a chat with him a few weeks ago, and we talked about what we thought uh, of the guys who, or both of our t- respective teams, as to where we would end up. And, you know, I said, hopefully six of eight would be would be reasonable. And he he was fairly adamant that that was that was uh, doable. I mean, I was optimistic that uh, after our scrimmages we went three and zero that we would go eight and zero. But uh, you know, this is the reality of the thing. This is how it is, and and this is the hand we've been dealt. So you can either fall in a heap and lose the rest of them, or we come back, win the next six, and give ourselves the best opportunity to get in. So, a few stats from the night. Uh, Top scorer for us was Nikhil here. Played 12 minutes and had 15 points, a rebound, two assists and a couple of steals. Shot 6 of 7 from the field. Only shot that he missed was a three-pointer, which was right at the end, uh, about two seconds ago. And um, otherwise, he was fantastic. He missed a free throw, but, you know, you live with that. He took care of the ball, and I love seeing him run the point. I think there is a whole heap of talent wrapped up in that bloke. And as soon as that gets unleashed and he gets those reps in and gets through the years and he loses the uh, the rookie title that comes with you and, and all of a sudden you're uh, developing into a good player and you've got that veteran experience, I think he's going to be very handy. And the commentators, uh, Mark Jackson, Jeff and Gundy, were... were heaping praise on him and Frank Jackson and said these guys are rotational point guards or guards, backcourt players in this league. And for that, when these guys are only a year, two years into their careers, that's huge praise. You know, they, they've seen a whole heap of players have played against people that uh, 
have been good. They've coached players who are fantastic ball handlers and backcourt players. So that's high praise. They're not going to dish that out for no reason. So very impressive for those guys and, and high props. And I completely agree. I think Frank and, and Nikhil are good players. And I think they're going to be very, very important going forward for our hopes. And, you know, when Drew needs to come out and Lonzo needs to come out, these guys, you need to trust them. And if they deliver and they keep delivering like they did in that fourth quarter, keep giving them the ball, keep giving them the minutes. That's how you earn it. You make the most of your minutes. And I think they did that tonight. So very, very impressive with those guys. Alvin Gentry heaped praise on them as well in his post game. So good on you to those guys. In yesterday's podcast or last podcast, we talked about uh, the lack of Zion's minutes and the big mystery around it. They stated that he was on a burst limit. So the medical staff at the Pelicans had come out and the sports science staff had come out and said, well, if he plays in bursts, we need to make sure that he's not overexerting himself. He's had the 13 days away, so he hasn't had the reps that uh, the rest of the team has had. And what they want to avoid is soft tissue injuries. So don't want to do a hamstring, don't want to do a calf which was good to get clarity. So it's not an injury. It's just they're trying to get his conditioning. He looked a bit gassed at times. They said they were going to bring him out as soon as there was... uh, He showed signs of exertion, and that was um, an interesting thing. I mean, I've never heard of that before, but uh, but good on them for making sure that we get him for the next eight games, the next eight years, the next 18 years, fingers crossed, if he keeps his athleticism. So... That's what they're trying to do, and it was interesting to hear them talk uh, in the the commentary, uh, discuss it, about protecting the future of the Pelicans. We've got an exciting young core, and and David Griffin was on there speaking about it, uh, exactly the same thing. It's not just about now. Is the team ready to win a championship right now? Well, I mean, as Pelicans fans, we all want them to be, but really, it's a next year. It's a year after sort of dream where these guys grow together, they play in as a team, become comfortable, and start dominating. We're going to see flashes of it. We have seen flashes of it, but it's not right now. So if Zion gets injured now and that puts his growth back again, well, it's us that suffer down the track, and it's him and it's the team. So we make sure that he's healthy, and I don't. I completely agree with whatever the medical decisions are, I think. They do it for a reason. They're not just going to hold him out for no reason. People come to watch him play. We watch the TV to see him play, along with the other guys, especially Pelicans fans. We're happy to see all the other guys play as well. But Zion is a big draw card, especially for the lay fan. So there's no reason to hold him out if they don't have to. So they're not going to. This was a directive from the medical staff. So... We had a bit of a rant about it last episode. We're not going to carry on about it anymore, but that was the clarity is that he's on a burst limit. So he'll play three to four minutes, come out, get a break, come back in. He was lucky in this one he didn't have to play too many minutes because we were blown out by halftime. So all in all, Zion's okay. He's just getting fitter. We don't want him to do a hamstring. Fair enough. So over to the post game, Alvin Gentry was available. So was... B.I. and Drew Holiday, as we talked about. Alvin came out first. He harped on the turnovers. He said we weren't taking the ball or taking care of the ball. 
there was a lot of silly decision-making and we didn't return fire when they came out at us. Um, was he concerned about the team's effort? No, he didn't question anyone's effort. Um, there was a few questions floating around about that. But he instead said, well, we need to be able to react. We need to play our own game. We need to make sure that when they come out at us that we're prepared to fight back and, and make sure that um, we're prepared to make good decisions and take care of the basketball. That was what killed us. The ball's not always going to go in, but if we can take care of it and get those good possessions, well, you're all the better for it and, and you give yourself the best chance to score. So that was probably the key takeaway from him is, is the turnovers. That was a really, really big thing. He refused to question the effort. We talked to Drew, same thing. He said, I, I thought the effort was good. We got mentally scrambled throughout the switching defense of the Clippers. It really threw them out, and it took them a while to settle. And as soon as you scrambled, you're, you're in a bit of strife. So that was something that they really, really needed to focus on. And um, I think they're looking forward to Memphis now. B.I. came out, same thing. You know, he had a... He got a technical during the game, but... Uh, an alleged push-off offensive foul against Paul George. Paul George may have thrown his head back, but again, I'm not the ref. The ref called the foul. He threw the ball at him. B.I. threw it at the ref and got a tech foul. We don't like to see that, and, and is that an attitude thing? Well, no, it's a mere frustration thing. I'm sure if he wanted to have it back, well, he wouldn't have done that. You know, if he could do it over again, he, he wouldn't have thrown the ball at the ref. That's just young frustration fouls, and, and you get that, you know. You, you wear the time out, you apologise to your team afterwards, but you move on. And that's what he did. He still played a good game. He was very conscious of the moving forward. Look at Memphis. The team's still together. We're all still together. There was a question about, he worried about making the playoffs. He wasn't. He said, we're all still together. We're all still working towards the same goal, and that's getting there. He was very positive and these guys are utmost professionals. All of them, they just got flogged. For the most part, they were down by 40 to 30 to even 25, you know, which is still a flogging the whole game. They weren't in it at all. And they still came out, they gave the media the time, they answered the questions, they were respectful, and that is a testament of a good culture, and I'm proud to be a Pelicans fan. So, that was really good. So, all in all, it was... A, pretty woeful game we tried hard we didn't really fire a shot they came out at us quick you know Paul George ended with 28 points Kawhi Leonard ended with 24 those are the two guys you want to stop and we didn't you're getting 50 odd points from those guys you're in a bit of trouble because their supporting cast is so good and that was without Lou Williams and without Montrez Harrop so if we're going to come up against those guys at full strength we could have been even Worst situation if we're not going to respond. Monday is critical now. We play Memphis. And that's at 6.30 Eastern time as well. Uh, make sure you tune in to that. Um, I think it's on ESPN. Wherever you can watch that. And uh, yeah, the Pels, they'll be okay. We'll go with these guys. We beat them throughout the season. We've got to play them twice in this resumption, so we need to beat them twice, and we need to beat them convincingly. We can't let the big guys get hold of us early. Valentinus is a big unit. 
We haven't had too many issues with him in the past, but in this resumption, Derek Favors has been caught a bit short. Zubat was too strong for him. Gobert was too strong for him. JV is another guy like that that could really outmuscle him. So Derek Favors, I plead with you, please, please, please work your behind off on this one and, and give him a touch-up. That's where it's going to start. They've got Ja Morant. If we can force him into bad decision-making, make him overuse the ball, they've got some young guys. They're very similar to us. So if we can make them make silly decisions, cause turnovers, we'll get out behind them and we can do what the Clippers did to us, to them. So fingers crossed that that all comes together. I reckon we'll be okay. Guys, I reckon we put a pin in it. We'll see what happens with uh, with Memphis. You know, we only need to keep these short and crisp as we talk about the games. Tweet me if you want, at Lyle Swithenbank, at Hoopball Pels is the show, at Hoopball Fantasy is Hoopball. Guys, as always, I am Lyle Swithenbank. This has been the Pelican Scoop. And that's all from me. Bye for now. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.